it was almost, it was almost like, Hey, this is, this is kind of meant to happen. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. William Walker Bird was born in Birmingham, Alabama on October 10th, 1994. But that's not who this episode is about. At least not really. This episode is about the boy born after him, James Carter Bird, or Carter. In a lot of ways, though, the story of Carter as an athlete began on that day in October when Walker was born. And he, I always went to his games, watched him play, and I think... That not only got my interest going and had me playing sports at an earlier age, um, I think I was able to see what went on with when he would play and could like, I almost had a leg up on people my age because I was able to kind of process it and take stuff from from his games to my own. Uh, But yes, Baby Carter um, played basketball, football, and baseball early on. As he got older, though, Carter had his own games to go to, and he found his own interests and strengths. Baseball, I guess, sixth grade was where that kind of separated for me and became what I knew I was best at and what I knew potentially there was a future in and what I enjoyed the most. Um I kind of had a random breakout year from like fifth grade. I was okay. Um, And I had like a home run. Sixth grade led the league in thinking like batting average and RBIs by a lot and hit 20 home runs. And the next guy had four. So he found a passion for baseball. He saw a path in baseball. But Carter also played football like Walker played football, started because Walker played football. It's interesting in our small town how having an older brother in sports affects like what people expect and everything from you. Because so my brother was the center on our high school football team. By the time we got around to senior year, he was – all state uh, at center, even though he was 5'10", 220 pounds. He was the smallest smallest player on the all state team, uh, basically. So, ninth grade, I decided I didn't want to play football anymore. And it, like, it legitimately, like, caused, like, weird ripple effect in our sports community of our town. Like, I had people all over the place coming to me, like, why aren't you playing football? Like, what, like, your brother was all state. Like, well, what are you doing? Uh, like you, you had a good freshman year. Like you should keep playing. I walked away from it. And I remember like having people, a couple older guys on the team, like try to like call me up and convince me to come back and play. And I was just like, I don't love it. I don't love it. And I, I know that I'm better at baseball. And I want to do baseball. And so that's what he did. Carter quit football and went all in on the sport. He found a passion for and saw a path in. 
everybody wanted wanted to compare me to Walker, and that continued in college too, because Walker was a big deal at Auburn. Walker was SGA president and all this stuff, and it's always everybody wants me to follow exactly in Walker's footsteps, and I have never really been that guy. I I very much am comfortable in who I am and kind of I'm going to be me and you can either like it or not. I'm not going to change in that aspect. The decision to throw himself solely into baseball. It was a decision for him, honoring him and the person Carter Bird was becoming and where he knew he could go. And he stood by that again in his high school baseball years while dealing with and ultimately making the best out of a challenging varsity baseball environment. It was frustrating, but I knew I, I wasn't happy with playing high school baseball where I was knowing what my goals were. And so basically I tried to get everything I could out of each summer. Started, started playing with a team out of Oxford, Alabama called Excel. Bunch of scrappy country kids and and a couple kids from the uh Birmingham and Huntsville like suburbs and we weren't a very highly rated group by any aspect but we always finished each summer ranked on like top 20 teams and started playing with them started realizing like okay this is a higher level of, of competition and I could hang started playing well Soon, Carter's schedule every day was pretty much school and working on baseball stuff in the weight room and on the field. And like he'd hoped for and pushed himself for, the opportunity to play baseball at the next level presented itself. Go down for a visit. They uh, show me around, put me in a room uh, that they call the Omaha room. And then their, their coaches come in, basically offered me scholarship and then a week later I ended up committing to Tulane. Carter verbally committed to play baseball at Tulane in New Orleans, Louisiana. But it wasn't to be for a variety of reasons. Scholarship money was a big one. And there was something else tugging at him. Family. My grandfather and I were very close and he came to all of my games my my basically my whole life. And there was a conversation at one point between my mom and me where she basically laid out, she was like, Hey, like he'll be able to come some, but he won't be able to come uh, to your games and stuff. And he, and I think my mom probably didn't want me to go to Tulane. Uh, so I may be part of the reason why we had this conversation. And so she was like, yeah, and that's, that's, that's going to be tough on him. There was this family poll coming from about two hours and nine minutes away in Auburn, Alabama, where on his dad's side, three generations up until that point had attended, and on his mom's side, two generations, so grandpa included, had been. And now, Walker was there too. Then Auburn hired their current coach, who's Butch Thompson. Awesome dude. Awesome guy. Um, and I decided that and I had a, I'd had a relationship with him for a while and decided I wanted to go play for him. Carter was off to play baseball at Auburn as a preferred walk-on. Now let's pause for a second here because 
I haven't given you a full enough picture of Carter's athlete journey. He dealt with many injuries over the years. There was this one. Had a freak thing where I broke the growth plate in my hip. That one. Hit a foul ball on contact. Break the handmate bone in my wrist. So I missed that opportunity. This one. Ironically, that morning we had practice and I broke my middle finger. Can't forget about. And then roll around to senior year and third game. Tore my left labrum. Had surgery. You keeping track of this? And I rolled over and my buddy turns around. He's laughing at me. He's like, ha did you slip? I said, I, I think I just tore my ACL. And I looked down and my kneecap was behind my leg. Oh, Carter. And so, yeah, it put me on a stretcher, took me to the hospital. And uh, that one hurt. I'll be honest with you. Okay. A lot of injuries. It was interesting as high school progressed because I had had a few weird injuries to that point that some people initially thought that like I either was milking it or I wasn't tough like my brother was. Each time he got hurt, Carter fought to come back. He rehabbed hard. He scrapped. And that's the spot he had found himself in once again about to start at Auburn. There was there was a lot of anxiety from the fact that I was coming off basically two injuries, was not in the best shape as a result of, result of that, as I tried to be, but um, could not be more rusty going into Auburn because basically I hadn't played. I'd played three games in um, over a year. And so there was a lot of self-doubt in terms of like, do I fully belong here and all this? Not to mention a non-baseball extracurricular that grabbed on to his time and attention. So my my brother was, was in a fraternity at Auburn. And so I was like, oh, like I'll do that too. And so trying to go through pledge ship and base, freshman baseball fall, not a fun time. All right, Walker being in a frat, no doubt, was influential in Carter joining. I think there's something else here for those of us who are not frat stars to think about. We know the toll injuries can have on us psychologically as athletes. A soccer player who tears her ACL going in for a slide tackle might be pretty hesitant to slide tackle again, at least at first. But... Does the body try to protect itself psychologically off the court or field when someone has an injury or multiple injuries? What effect can frequent injury have in someone's approach to their sport and further their sport's role in their life? When you go through injuries, I think you start to develop this like protective mechanism, whether you realize it or not. And it's like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen with my body. My body has, quote unquote, let me down before. Let me kind of diversify my interests. Let me put myself in other things. Because if you're all in on something where you can have a knee injury and be out for nine months, it's not the the healthiest or the safest thing. You've got to be like, okay, I want to be a good student. I want to have a social group that's outside of baseball setting your setting up like a, a safety blanket a, a net <laughs> where if no, an injury, no, for, for, if injury sure. happens if injury happens your identity is tethered to other things 
This is a helpful response that we mostly subconsciously do. But as Carter pointed out, this diversify interests as protective mechanism has its challenges when you're a freshman in college trying to find your place and what you want your thing or your things to be on campus for the next four years. I think that's that's very true, but at the same time, it can almost if you're not if you're not fully in one thing, it's not it's pretty easy to feel like you're not in anything. Um, like I wasn't because because I hadn't played in forever. I wasn't playing well freshman fall. I was working hard, but I but I wasn't playing well, and like I was always either too tired or I was hanging out with friends from home on the weekend. I wasn't with, really with the baseball guys a ton on the weekends or anything. And then like the fact that I was doing baseball stuff and missed all this fraternity stuff at the same time. Um, like there were not my favorite dude, but like one dude came and got in my face one time. I was like, you aren't one of us and all this stupid stuff or whatever. So this is all one weight on Carter's shoulders during this time. And then, well, there's Carter's actual shoulders. Um, when, when I went in for my physical, basically, our team doctor had told me, he's like, hey, look, like, I looked at your injury history beforehand. I was not going to clear you to play or anything. And But he's like, I, and I came in here, I looked at everything. Everything looked good. Um, but he told me, he's like, if the shoulder goes again, you're done. I'm not I'm not clearing you again and all this. One day, Carter picked up a dumbbell in the weight room and he felt his shoulder go. What's your thought in that moment, knowing that the team doctor had said what he had said were kind of reminds me of like some concussion um, stuff where you know you get one more concussion and that's that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty black and white in a sense. Um and knowing that sort of black and whiteness to it, that happens. What are you thinking? It was tough. And then like having to go into the training room and have them put my shoulder through tests and basically be like, Oh, like we think you have a slap tear of your, of your left labrum. That's, that's difficult. Um, but at the same time, it was almost, it was almost like, Hey, this is this is kind of meant to happen because you are and to that point I was stretching myself so thin with being sick. By the way, Carter had this mysterious virus for the first few weeks of freshman year and no one could really say what it was. Having class, having to get 10 hours of study time and the at the SADC, the Student Athlete Development Center. Um and then doing the fraternity stuff yeah i was gonna ask a weird question but is was there any like this might not be the right word but was there any relief something made the decision for you yeah yeah no so there there was definitely that because all of a sudden i wasn't i wasn't quite losing felt like i could kind of where i didn't feel like i could fully pour into one thing or to like any of the things that i was involved in felt like maybe this was an opportunity to do that. And that's how I got to know all my buddies. Um, but like I had one awful week where I think I got like 
30 hours of sleep for an entire week or something. And it was like this, it's like, I can't keep doing this. And that's probably why I'm not, it's been four weeks, four or five weeks. And I still haven't gotten over whatever this virus they keep telling me it is. Um, but yeah, I, there was a sense of relief that I was like, okay, like something is off my plate. It was a good cycle to break because it allowed me to settle into college finally and get my bearings and I guess find some sort of comfort in my freshman fall at Auburn. He ends up settling in his freshman year in that second semester, goes into his freshman summer, his first summer in a long, long time not being a student athlete. He's working at a camp. And then in the middle of the day at camp, I get a phone call from my dad in the middle of the day, like get called to the front office. And my dad's like, Hey, uh, because I was very close when I was going in high school with the Sanford baseball staff. And basically it, their coaches had reached out to my dad and was, and they were basically like, Hey, we know Carter's not playing right now. We know he's hurt his shoulder. But we had two catchers on our team and our starter just like up and quit. And so we have one guy and they're like, we need somebody. And we it, would Carter be willing to basically have sh shoulder surgery like within the next week and then transfer to Sanford and play for us. The chance to play baseball again this time at Samford University in his home city of Birmingham. So there was an opportunity there and I kind of sat there and I, and I waited for, for, for a while. Uh, and I tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Maybe it, it's, it's so, it seems like such a fundamental question to ask at the core of all this, but what made that decision? Like, why would you still after all this, want to keep playing baseball like what was baseball what made that prospect a learning it was when when I played it at my best like it was just so much fun um and I guess it felt like it was fun to play something at a high level and just be like like I've worked so hard to be good at this and it's translating and that's what made it fun and I don't know, I'm super competitive, always have been, probably a product of growing up in my family with my older brother. And I just, I always love to compete in anything, honestly. So the, the opportunity to compete at the collegiate level in baseball was so, it very much made me want to come back. But the more I sat there and waited, I was just like, had this opportunity um, come to me at the back end of first semester of freshman year, I probably would have done it. Um, but second semester of freshman year was definitely when I settled in, found a group of people to be around at Auburn that I enjoyed hanging out with, and basically got to the point that I was like, when I was making the decision, I was like, I kind of want to just stay at Auburn. And I, and I like, I, I'll pass basically. Carter's playing days were officially over. He closed the door quietly and they hand 
came off that doorknob with a sense of understanding. But when he stepped away, he stepped not too far from the action of sports. But he was experiencing it all from a different angle, in a place where there was, I'll say, a less of a chance of injuries, even for a guy who claims he's prone to weird injuries. I started working for Auburn Sports Properties and then eventually got involved with the student radio station Weagle and then eventually ended up working for the Auburn Sports Network because basically I found out that I love to sit and discuss sports and I always say I've always had a sports brain um, which I guess is not the scientific term there but I've always like I love to learn more and more about sports I love to break stuff down and analyze it and which is why the the whole world of sports analytics is so interesting to me right now. Um, and I don't know a ton about it, but I always try to learn more. And then I was I was the son of an English teacher. So through my mother, who I actually had for my my brother and I both had for class uh, one year, through having her as my mom and my English teacher, and then having some of her friends as English teachers as well, I kind of developed an ability to write. The ability to write, linking that up with his sports brain, his charisma, his voice for radio. Now Carter's chasing new goals, but with tools and an approach that aren't very new at all. He's got a competitive fire, a knowledge of what it means to work hard and overcome obstacles, an eagerness to stand apart, to better himself and a confidence in who he is. I guess the the dream is a setup like Colin Cowherd on FS1 or or like Dan Patrick. I think he has the best setup of anybody. Uh I guess he's on the the Peacock uh streaming service now which I still don't really have a full grasp of what the Peacock streaming service is other than NBC. Um, but I like his setup's awesome. Cause I think he has full control over everything and it's him and basically his four best friends. And they, at one point they were doing the show above their favorite bar and then they would just finish the show and then walk downstairs and have a beer. And that was, that was, that was their life. And that, that, that's a very, I don't know. I feel like he had the most freedom. So I guess a setup like that's the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I'm under no illusions that in five, 10 years, I'm going to be in that position, but um, I would like to try to go down that path. um, However I can get there. Thank you to Carter bird for coming onto the podcast and thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.